This is LEC Online Church. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. We're going to be talking this morning about the Holy Spirit. The question, who is uh, the Holy Spirit? And uh, as we've been doing through the last number of months, we're, go- we're going through the fundamentals of what we believe because we believe that every believer should know what they believe, why they believe it, and be able to explain it to people who have no exposure, who've had no exposure to faith. And it's been so ch- wonderful and challenging to hear uh, some of you talking about conversations that you've been having with your friends about things of faith. Uh, and today, for example, I had an opportunity out here in the commons area to speak with some of the teenagers in our church, and I was so blessed to listen to these teenagers talking about issues of faith and describing how they process scripture in their own life. That was so powerful to me, and it's the reason that we're doing this series, the reason that we're giving you these outlines so that you'll be able to have them, to take them home and, uh, and work with them. I'm delighted to have uh, this morning a special assistant, so I want uh, Nevaeh Carlo to come and join me on the stage. Good morning, Nevaeh. We're so glad to have you today. Nevaeh is the daughter, we can have a seat right here. Nevaeh is the daughter of Paul and Nikki Carlo uh, and their family, uh, Jaden and Kessa, who have been attending our church since January. Now, Nikki came to Lake Erie many years ago. Uh, some of you will remember she was a teenager and was a part of our youth group. And then, you know, Paul hustled her up to Astabula and they got away from the church. But uh, they are back and we're so glad uh, to have the Carlo family uh, with us here. Nevaeh, you are 15, I believe, right? 10th grade. 10th grade, yep. Right, sophomore. Uh, smarter than a freshman, but not as smart as a junior. I uh, have been talking to Nevaeh, and she's been talking a little bit. We, we wanted, as we said all these times, we want to know what our students, what our children are learning about faith. And so Nevaeh is going to be helping me today talk about who the Holy Spirit is and especially about the things that she understands about uh, the Holy Spirit. Now, she's had these questions for a little while to be able to prepare for them, so Yes, her, her answers are going to be prepared, but they reflect her own observations. Uh, and that's why it's important for me, and I've not heard what she's about to say, but it's important for me to hear what our students are saying. Now, Nevaeh is a part of Pastor Dustin and Katie's Thirst Youth Group. Uh, comes on Wednesday night and uh, hears those kind of things. So he's investing, Katie's investing, her parents are investing, some of you are investing in Nevaeh, and so she is a product of... Uh, that kind of uh, environment. So, Nevaeh, I want to just take a few moments here with you today and let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and see just exactly what uh, your thoughts are. So let me find my notes here very quickly. Okay, Um, first question. When you hear the phrase Holy Spirit or Spirit of God, what comes to mind? Um, So it reminds me of like the New Testament when examples of the Holy Spirit are kind of hinted at, like the curtain of the Holy Temple of God where um, only pure pastors could enter at certain times. And oftentimes, sometimes they would die because they weren't holy enough. And when Jesus died, the curtain ripped. And now 
um, what everyone wanted in the Old Testament is in us. It's the Holy Spirit is good. living inside of us. It's really good. So how do, you, how do you personally, as a young believer in Jesus, how do you understand the Holy Spirit in your life as God? Um, I know that he is God because it's just that intuition, that feeling inside of you. And, you know, you know that he's in you at all times, and he can guide you and protect you. And he's, okay. yeah. Very good. Now, remember, there's no right or wrong answer here. I <laughs> want to know what you think. Second question. In our Pentecostal expression, you will often hear me say, or you'll hear others say, that we're being filled with or baptized mm -hmm. uh, in the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what that means? And can you explain to me in your own words what that means, to be filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, so like when you're worshiping or praising God and just this overwhelming like sense comes on you and it is God and you could either laugh or fall or you could just have this message that you want to um, say or you can end up speaking in tongues or you could do things that you never thought that you were going to do because it's God. Now, is there anything about the Holy Spirit and how believers interact with him that confuses you as a teenager? Um, I'm more of confused about how some people interact with him when he has other plans. Because when I went to my old church, they were trying to get me to speak in tongues. And I was in a prayer circle. And um, multiple times I was pushed. And one girl came to me frustrated after and said, in order for you to speak tongues, you have to make it up at first. Which it doesn't say in the Bible to do that. So the only thing that confuses me is how some people will misinterpret the Holy Spirit okay. in his message. Very interesting. Very interesting. Ha have you ever experienced speaking in tongues as a part of your worship or prayer experience? And if you have, how do you explain that to your friends who might ask you about it? Um, I haven't been gifted with that yet, but I will. Amen. Yes. Amen. And... Um, I would explain that as, like, basically, you're speaking another language, you praise God, and then all of a sudden, you just start speaking tongues. It's been happening since Paul, and um, a couple minutes later, someone will interpret it, and it almost always is exactly what um, that person was thinking, so that's not coincidental. Nevaeh, I want you to know that you and your generation students, one sitting right over here and others that may be in the audience, are very important to Shelly and I. They're very important to this church. They're very important to the leadership, the staff, the elders, and all the people that go here. We very much want to be a church for all generations, and we want to pass on to your generation the faith that was passed on to us, almost like passing a torch to the next generation. I appreciate the time that you've taken to prepare these answers. Let's thank Nevea today for her involvement. Take the microphone with you there. Pastor Dustin will come and get that microphone from you or send somebody to get that. And, uh, again, we're just trying to understand more and more about what our children are understanding. I think I said in the very first week that if I wanted to know what Lake Erie believed about the Holy Spirit, I would not ask Betty Stinson. I would ask Nevaeh Carlo because what we have taught Nevaeh is what we really believe. And so it's very important that we keep that in front of us 
make that a part. And some of you have a role to play in helping students and children and new believers to understand the things of God and how the Lord moves in our lives. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word in John chapter 14. We're going to begin reading verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen for you. Uh, If you do, in fact, have a device or a Bible, turn there and let's read together. We're going to read a few verses and then we'll skip over and pick up the continuation. Beginning with verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now, in the New Living Translation, it says advocate. Some of your Bibles will say comforter. Uh, Some versions of the Bible will say helper. And I'll explain later that the word advocate is not a word that was easily translated in the Greek. And so the different translators struggled to find out, uh, find a word that would fit there. In this translation, it says advocate. Others say comforter, helper, guide. An advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. We're talking about what I said earlier about awareness of God's presence. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. I'll read that again. You know Him because He lives with you now. He's talking to the disciples. But later He will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. And when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Skip down to verse 23. Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, there's that word again, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you our heads to pray. Father, I ask you now in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you will give me the ability to speak what you have put in my heart and that you will give the listener who's in the room here or watching online or listening to this podcast at a later time, that you will give them a supernatural ability to hear the word of the Lord the way that you want them to hear it. Not my words, Lord, but your words. And God, I pray that in this house today, you will feel the seeking heart with the Holy Spirit. Lord, even as I'm preaching today, I'm expecting that you will feel somebody with the Holy Spirit. Somebody today is going to believe you and you're going to fill them with your spirit. And Father, we give you the glory and the honor for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, you may be seated. Let's start with a question, and it's a hard question. Do you, in fact, want to receive the Holy Spirit? You might think, well, that's a very obvious answer, of course. But think about it for a moment, because some of you that are here probably think, I don't even know what you're talking about. 
What is the Holy Spirit? And then there may be some of you that are sitting here that will think, no way, I don't want the Holy Spirit. Those people that have the Holy Spirit, they're weird. You see, the truth is, is that there are a lot of ideas, different ideas and thoughts that come to mind when people hear the words, the Holy Spirit. I was telling our prayer team this morning, my mother never liked to hear me say Holy Spirit. She chided me all the time about saying Holy Spirit because her Bible said Holy Ghost. And she couldn't understand why I needed to modernize the Holy Ghost. And I would say, well, Mother, you know, the Greek word actually is pneuma. It was translated ghost in your Bible. It was translated spirit in the Bible that I'm reading. So would you prefer me to say holy pneuma? And she said, you're trying to confuse me. That's what you're doing. Just stick with Holy Ghost. But when people hear the word Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, there's all kinds of different ideas. And it's important to me this morning that we talk about this because I believe a lot of Christians are missing out on one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave the church. And that is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit which is an empowerment for us to do the work of ministry that God has called us to do. After salvation, in my mind, there is no greater gift that a believer can receive than to be filled with the Spirit. So what is it that is so wonderful about the Holy Spirit that Jesus wanted the disciples to know that it was coming? Now, in my growing up, I've told you before, I grew up in a pastor's home. My grandfather was my first pastor, and then my dad was my pastor, and I have grown up in the Pentecostal experience my whole life. I understand the vocabulary. I have been in churches, Pentecostal churches, my whole life. I've seen so many different things. I understand a lot about Pentecost. But there is something about Knowing the name of something that does not necessarily mean that you understand it. There are a lot of things in life that you have that you know that you have them or you know what the term means but you don't understand it. Let me give you some examples. Your cell phone. You know what a cell phone is but I doubt very seriously most of you know how it works. You just know when it doesn't work. But think about other things like a computer. You know what a computer is, but do you actually know how to tell me how a computer works? Electricity. Think about electricity. We all count on electricity. We wouldn't want to live without electricity. And when the electricity goes out at our house, we get upset because we depend on it. But I don't know how it works. I don't know all the ins and outs of how electricity works. What about the internet? There's there's one. I mean, can you tell me how the internet works? I mean, somehow or another, there's all these computers that are tied together around the world and, and we all get access to this. No, we, we know about it, but we don't necessarily understand it. And so what I'm going to try to do this morning, as carefully and as quickly as I can, is answer three questions for you about the Holy Spirit. Here they are. Who is the Holy Spirit? Why do I need the Holy Spirit? And then how do I receive? The Holy Spirit. Now remember as we've been doing through all of these, there's a number on the screen that you can use to text your questions 
And, you, and it's also in your notes there. And if you have a question during the message, just text that to me and I'll get it back to you within 24 hours. I'll try my best to answer your questions because I'm sure that for some of you, there will be things that you do not understand. Here's the first one. Who is the Holy Spirit? Turn to your neighbor, look your neighbor in the eye and say, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, the Holy Spirit's not an it. We sometimes do that, but the Holy Spirit's not it. He is God Himself. Remember what we said last week about Jesus. That Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and the Father is God. They're three in one, and they're each God in their own way. The Holy Spirit is God. You will see the Holy Spirit in the beginning in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. Meaning that the Holy Spirit was present when the world was being created. Now, when we talk about being filled, as Nevaeh was talking about a moment ago, when we talk about being filled, we're talking about the opportunity that we have for God Himself to be in us and to dwell with us forever. Now, the importance of that may not be significant until you stop, start thinking about it this way. In the Old Testament, people heard voices and they saw visions. Moses had the presence of God in a box. And that box was important to what was being taking place. Or, excuse me, David had a box. Moses had a tent where the presence of God dwelled. The disciples had Jesus in the flesh. But you and I get the Holy Spirit to be with us everywhere at all times. The Spirit of God is not restricted to a space or a place. Jesus said, this is why it's important for you that I go away. Because if I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back and He will dwell in you forever. That means that everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit is there. There is no geographical location that is closer to God than where I am. Right now, on the corner of this stage, God's presence is here. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. God is here. But if I go to the other side of this stage, guess what? The Holy Spirit is here. God is here. I am here. And it's here with me. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit is constantly with you. Now, this changes everything for believers because the same God that created the universe... The same God that led the Israelites to freedom in Egypt. The same God that walked on the water. The same God that healed the sick. The same God that raised the dead. The same Holy Spirit that fell on the day of Pentecost is in me. Dwells in me. Not only with me, but the Bible said He is in me. Now Jesus said in his, in his talk to us that the Holy Spirit would be a strength to us when we were weak. Think about the places in your life when you have really needed the Lord. The Holy Spirit was right there with you. When my mother passed away three years ago, the Holy Spirit was my comforter. He was the comforter to my grief. 
When Shelly and I made the decision to come to Lake Erie Church three years ago, it was the Holy Spirit that confirmed in our hearts the will of God to accomplish that. In moments when you needed something, when you needed the Lord to help you, it was the Holy Spirit inside of you that helps you to know what you're supposed to do. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is an advocate. He's a counselor. He's a comforter. He's a helper. When you need comfort, when you are in a place of sorrow or pain, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is the helper that you have in your life. The Holy Spirit is present to be a help. When you need guidance, when you don't know what you're supposed to do, you don't know how you're supposed to do it, when you're frustrated, trying to make the right decision, the Holy Spirit is available to help you know how to make the right decision. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit is there to deliver us and help us to know how to escape the temptations that we're under. The Holy Spirit is there to protect us and to guide us. The Holy Spirit is a friend. The Bible talks about the friendship of God. A friend who is with you, who is always there. Verse 16 of the passage that we read, he said... This, this Holy Spirit will never abandon you. Never leave you by yourself. Always with you. I was thinking about this. It makes a lot of sense. The Holy Spirit as a friend is such a good friend. Because when you need Him to, He will argue with you. You ever had the Holy Spirit to argue with you? When you're saying, I'm not loved. Nobody cares about me. The Holy Spirit said that's not true. That's what a good friend does, isn't it? He argues with you when necessary so that you don't get off on the wrong track. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit will speak truth into your life. He is called the Spirit of truth. And Jesus said in verse 17 of the scripture that we read that he will lead you to all truth. What the Holy Spirit does is he points out the blind spots that help us to be more like Jesus. He helps me to understand the Bible when I'm reading the Bible. It's the Holy Spirit that draws my attention to something that I need to read. The Bible talks about the Spirit discerning the needs and the intent of my heart and knows how to help appropriate the Word of God to the various need. It's the Holy Spirit that helps me when my heart condemns me. And tells me that God loves me unconditionally. It is the Holy Spirit that reminds me that God loves me. Second question. Why do I need the Holy Spirit? You may say, well, I, I think you just told us all that stuff. But there's more. Look at the screen. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15. Paul writes, be careful how you live don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that would ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music to the Lord in your heart and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the passage telling us? It's telling us that being filled with the Spirit is the key to real wisdom. 
If you want wisdom in this world, you need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the key to real wisdom. Not worldly wisdom, but the wisdom that comes from God. Being filled with the Spirit gives us joy in order to praise the name of the Lord. Being filled with the Spirit gives us the courage to do the work that God has called us to do. But There's something I've noticed here that I don't want to miss. And I'm not trying to be coy or silly, but listen to this. Paul said, don't be drunk, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, I've never been drunk in my life. I've never taken alcohol, never drank alcohol or wine or anything like that. I've never been drunk, but I've seen some drunk people before. And I got to thinking about this, and I thought about what Paul was saying. Now, now see if you understand what I'm saying here. There's something about this comparison with being drunk as the world is drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's a couple things. Number one, drunk people see other people differently, don't they? You ever notice a guy when he gets drunk, he thinks every girl's pretty. When you're filled with the Spirit, you have a compassion and you see people in a different way. When you're spirit-filled, you can look at somebody and the Holy Spirit can give you a compassion for the situation that that person... It changes the way that you see people. Here's another thing. Drunk people are excessively grateful people. Ever been around a drunk person? When they're really drunk, they'll give you everything they own. They have no concept of what they would give away. When I was a little boy, we used to sell candy for the church and nowadays I would never advise you to do this but my dad used to take me down you know to the places where people hung out and I used to go into some of these restaurants and even some of the bars and honky tonks to sell candy because you could sell candy in a beer joint You'd catch a guy there sitting there and he's got this girl on the other side of the table and he's as drunk as he can be. And you'd say, hey buddy, would you like to buy some candy bars from our church? We're in a building program. He'd say, yeah buddy, give me that whole box. I'll take that whole box right there. How much is it? 50 bucks. Okay, here's 50 bucks. Here baby, you can have this. When a person is filled with the Spirit, there is an expressive gratitude in our heart. The Holy Spirit makes us grateful people. Here's something else about the comparison. When a person is drunk, they have an uncharacteristic courage and boldness. You get drunk, you think you can whip everybody in the world. That's why your body's so beaten up and broken because when you're intoxicated, you think you're stronger than everybody. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, he gives you an extraordinary courage and boldness to do the work of God. Acts chapter 4, the early church comes back after they've been threatened that they should not preach in the name of Jesus anymore. They come back and they say, Lord, now behold their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may preach your word. And the Bible said the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They were filled with the Spirit and preached the word of God with boldness. That boldness came because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you need courage to do something today? Is there something you need to do? Maybe you need to walk away from a bad relationship. Maybe you need to have a hard conversation. Maybe you need the courage to forgive someone. 
Well, the Holy Spirit gives you an extraordinary courage and boldness to be able to do the work of the Lord. It's a boldness that knows in my heart that no matter what I face, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That comes by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's another thing. When a person is drunk as the way the world is, they laugh and they have so much joy. Now, just for the record, Brother Perez is not drunk because he laughs so much. But have you ever been around sometimes drunk people? They just laugh and sing. Well, when you're filled with the Spirit, God gives you a joy. And, a, and a, an expressive joy and laughter that people don't understand. You know, sometimes people will ask me about my church and say, Are your people always that happy? Are they always that excited? Yes! Because we're filled with the Spirit and the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, I love it. You know, I, I know there's sometimes there's some weird kind of unusual things that take place. There's some things that go on that we don't necessarily understand. But I'm just telling you, when the Spirit of the Lord is on you, sometimes there's an expression that feels almost out of the body. It's just the joy of the Lord that's in my heart that makes me want to maybe jump up and down or lift my hands or whatever it may be. It's because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. When I'm drunk on wine in this world, my joy is temporary. But when I'm filled with the Spirit, my joy is inexpressible and full of glory. It's unexplainable. Here's another thing the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps me to know how to pray. Romans chapter 8 on the screen, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads with us, for us believers, in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good. For those who love God are called according to His purpose. The Holy Spirit prays for us when we do not know how to pray. I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but when you're praying, the Holy Spirit sometimes just intercedes for you in ways that are unusual. So when I pray sometimes, it sounds like I'm so tired. I don't know how much more of this I can take and I want to give up, but when the Holy Spirit prays for me, it sounds like this, God has never failed me. And this temporary issue that I'm going through is setting me up for some miracle that God has for me. That's the difference in the way I pray and the way the Holy Spirit prays. When I pray, I say, God, I'm a terrible parent and my kids hate me. But when he prays, he tells me that these children belong to him and that he has them in the palm of his hand. He helps me to pray. When I pray, I tell God, God, I'm just trying to hang on. I'm just trying to survive. I'm doing the best I can. When he prays, he reminds me, if God is for you, who in the world can be against you? It is the Holy Spirit that prays and helps us to pray. 
Third and final question, how do I get filled? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Can I just tell you this before we get away? God wants every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't care who you are. You know, I had a man tell me one time, do I have to have the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? I said, listen, I don't want to go across the street without the Holy Spirit. He's my comforter. He's my companion. He's a strength in my life. And God wants you to have that. See, that's the, that's the burden of my heart is that people sometimes miss the fact that God has provided this gift of the Holy Spirit for every one of us. Now, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we see this very dramatic thing that happened. Jesus had ascended and he told the disciples, go back into the city of Jerusalem and tarry until you are endued with power from on high. So they went back to Jerusalem, about 120 of them according to Luke's narrative, and they waited there, they tarried, they waited for the Holy Spirit to come. What, they didn't know what it was, they had no idea what God was about to do, he was just told them, listen, you go back because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive the power, the dunamis. The Greek word is dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. You're going to get this explosive power that's going to allow you to be my witnesses. And he said, then you're going to be a witnesses. You're going to be witness for me all over the world. And so they went back and they began to tarry and pray and wait. And then all of a sudden, one day as they were preparing, there was a shaking and the wind began to blow and the Bible describes it, tongues of fire, tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. And they began speaking in languages that the people on the street understood. And it was misunderstood because they thought that the people were drunk. There's that word again. When they saw these disciples that were being filled with the Holy Spirit expressing themselves in the way that they did doesn't mean everybody expressed themselves the same way but as these people were expressing themselves the outsiders thought they're crazy they're drunk Peter who was the leader stood up and reminded the people that what they were seeing was exactly what God had promised now I want you to look at these words that are on the screen because this is the prophecy from the book of Joel that Peter recites he says I will then I will pour out my spirit upon all people look at your neighbor and say all means you all people now listen this was incredibly offensive to the Jews because they thought that they had the corner on the market for Jesus what happened on the day of Pentecost was that the Lord gave the Holy Spirit to everybody. Everybody. No matter the color of your skin, no matter your ethnicity, no matter what your culture was, no matter who your mama or your daddy was, no matter where you've been in your life, no matter what language you spoke, the Holy Spirit is given to everybody. Everybody. And God wants every person who believes in Jesus to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
There's something more that I want you to see about what it means to be filled with the Spirit and what God wants to do in your life. Before I tell you how to receive the Holy Spirit, I want you to get this. The filling of yourself with the Spirit is a daily filling. It just doesn't mean I walk down here one day and something happens to me and then that's the last time. No, it means every day. God is filling me with His Spirit every day. I'm being filled with His Spirit every day. And some days I need it more than other days. It's a daily feeling. It's a daily surrender of myself to the Lord in order that He will fill me. Over the years, like I said, I've been around this a long time, just about my whole life. I've heard so many people talk about things like they're scared of speaking in tongues. Why? Why would you be scared of that? If God's doing it, and that's what happens. When you speak in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit, the Bible said, giving you the utterance. You don't speak in tongues on your own. Nevaeh was trying to help us with that a little bit. Some people say, I, I have to make it happen. No, you don't. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, He'll speak. If He wants to speak, He'll speak. But it's not being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not about speaking in tongues. It's about being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not about shouting. There was a guy one time in a church that I pastored that the night the Lord filled him with the Holy Spirit, he fell on his side and, you know, he kind of shimmied on the floor. And a woman told me, she said, if that's the Holy Ghost, I don't think I ever want it. I said, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's just that man expressing himself in whatever way he chooses to express himself. There's some jumpers here in the room and there's some shouters here in the room and there's some runners in the room and there's flag wavers and jumping people and no, everybody does it in their own way. There are people that feel, are filled with the Holy Spirit that never move out of their chair. If we get our eyes on expressions, we're going to be confused the whole time. It's not about how you express yourself. It's the fact that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't care how you do it, as long as you don't hurt me. Just let the Lord fill you. Because that's what He wants to do. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not about speaking in tongues. It's not about the way that you express. And it's not about emotionalism. Every once in a while, you're going to see somebody that's very emotional. But that's not necessarily the Holy Spirit. It's just the way that that person expresses themselves. A number of years ago, I was working in a student camp, in a youth camp, and we had a big bonfire, and we had all these little boys, seven, eight, nine, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old boys sitting around that bonfire. We, we were roasting hot dog weenies and marshmallows, and we were telling scary stories. And as the evening went on, the stories were ramping up, ramping up, and then all of a sudden, somebody came running out of, that, out of the woods near that fire with a sheet on. Now, there were about 200 boys sitting by that fire. And there was something that happened just so dramatically there. I saw it. I've never forgotten. It's a great expression for what I'm trying to say. Ron Baltus, about half of those boys ran away from that fire as far as they could go trying to run from that ghost. 
from that figure. They, they ran just as fast as they could, so we're trying our best to get those kids. The other half of that crowd ran right at that guy. And if we hadn't rescued him, he'd be dead today. Because I'd throw three boys off and two more would be on him. See what? I have no idea why my phone is playing a song right now. I have no idea. Come get it. Somebody come and get it. Here's my point. Everybody's going to worship God in their own way. Don't get messed up about that. Don't get tied up about that kind of thing. Don't let what you saw, what somebody told you, hold you back from allowing the Lord to fill you with His Spirit. Because you'll be missing out on what the Lord really, really wants for you. Here's my last thought, and Daniel, you can come and prepare to play if you will. I'm going to tell you what I wish somebody would have told me when I was a seeker to be filled with the Holy Spirit. My father was a pastor of a church, and it was a Pentecostal church. and People were always, it felt like they were always receiving the Holy Spirit. I wanted God to fill me with the Holy Spirit. But I got my eyes on things that were going on. And so back in those days, we had a call-up choir. And, uh, you know, sometimes while the choir was singing, the Spirit of the Lord would fall and people would be filled with the Holy Spirit singing in the choir. So I joined the choir. Because I felt like that's where the Holy Spirit was falling, was up in the choir loft. And maybe I'd be in the altar seeking for the Holy Spirit and I'd be over here on this side and somebody would get the Holy Ghost over there so the next time I would go over here and pray. And it was just that kind of thing. It was, it was me being caught up in the, the logistics and the semantics of what I was seeing instead of my focus. And one night in a revival meeting, I guess the evangelist had seen my gymnastics stuff here and he said to me he said young man what do you want God to do I said I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit he said well then stop running around the church and here's what here's what I took away he said I want you to lift your hands and I want you to just tell the Lord how much you love him and I want you to make yourself available to the Lord Give him something he can fill. Present yourself to the Lord and say, fill me. And he will. And that night, in that altar, God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't dramatic. It wasn't sensational. It wasn't emotional. It was just God saw a sincere heart ready and willing Receiving the Holy Spirit is as easy as breathing in and breathing out. It's just letting God come in. You say, preacher, doesn't the Holy Spirit, doesn't He come and reside with us when we get saved? That's what the Bible said. In fact, the Bible says you couldn't even have gotten saved if the Holy Spirit hadn't given you the faith 
to believe that Jesus was God's son. But this, we're, we're talking about something more. If you're, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's just not in you. He just doesn't have control of you yet. The Spirit-filled life is a life of surrender. It's about me opening up my heart and giving God the opportunity to fill me with His Spirit. If we're honest, there are places in our heart that don't actually belong to God. There are the little secrets that we've never told anybody about or there's the thing that we did in 1987 that we hope nobody finds out about. Or there's our prejudice towards somebody, our unforgiveness. But when you, when you give that to the Lord, when you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry and I, I want you to forgive me, he clean, you allow the Lord to clean that out, there's room for the Holy Spirit to come in. There's now room in, the, in my heart for the Holy Spirit to come. And that's what He wants. He wants to fill you with His presence. And my heart's desire is that you would not be afraid. Don't let yourself be afraid. Just open up your heart right now and allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Every head bowed every eye closed. I don't know where you are this morning in your particular relationship with the Lord. But I want you just to stay with me for just a moment. We won't be here, but just a moment. But stay with me a moment. You're sitting in this room today and you say to me, Pastor, I don't believe I have ever been filled with the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. I'm trying to live my life according to God's word. But I don't think I have ever opened up my heart and allowed the Holy Spirit to fill me. Then in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to pray with me in a particular way so that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, you know, there was a moment, there was a season in my life when I was living a spirit-filled life. But things in my life happened, things in my personal life, in my family. And I've been working my way back toward the Lord, but I don't have a spirit-filled experience with What I'm going to invite you to do today is to ask God to refill you with the Holy Spirit. To refill you as He once did with His Spirit. Like a balloon that has leaked out the air, your balloon needs to be reinflated. The Holy Spirit wants to fill your heart again as He once did. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.